what's been said tonight, the scripture Liz was talking about, the song Jerry sang. Can we talk for a few minutes before we get into the, it, it leads into the lesson, but just talk for a few minutes here. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, you know, they knew Jesus when he was alive, but they didn't recognize him. Mary at the tomb didn't recognize Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. <clears throat> Why is that? What took them so long to recognize Jesus? And I got to think that in a practical sense, okay, the book of Revelation, John said he turned and he saw the lamb as it had just been slain. Now, John, he's saying, I see Jesus just as he looked on the cross. Jesus' appearance after his resurrection was pretty much what he looked like on the cross. Now, think about this. They said he was marred more than any man. He had his beard ripped out. He was beaten. He was fighting. He, he wouldn't physically look the same after going through all that. But did the thing is, they each had something that after a while they saw something in them that they realized, I see Jesus here. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, what did they see? He broke the bread and handed it to them. What would they see? Nail scars in the hand. Wait a minute. Nail scars? That's Jesus. They saw what let them know that it was Jesus. What did Mary, what, did, what gave Mary the clue? He goes, Mary, he speaks. She heard her name, recognized his voice. <gasps> That's Jesus. That's my Lord. <clears throat> we all have that special way that Jesus identifies with each one of us. We all, the nature of God, the nature of Jesus is so diverse that he has something special and unique for each and every one of you in here tonight. And there's ways you see Jesus that nobody else is going to see. There's things about Jesus that you're going to recognize that nobody else is going to be able to fathom or understand. Let me tell you. When you, when you see something, you, get a, you can't share everything. Some things you just got to keep to yourself between you and Jesus because it's just so intimate and so special. And what you have with Jesus is yours. And it's special. And it's what makes you identify with him and how he shows himself to you like no, nobody else has. That's special. That, that's the thing with Christianity and following Jesus. It's so personal. Every one of us has that. And it leads tonight to at this stage of my life, and you know, we were talking to Jerry and um, Liz before service, and you know, we've all went through different stages, and you know, different stages in my life. There's, uh, and most of you who know me knows that 
I've spent most of my life working in music for a man named Bruce Powell. I was his music director probably for most of my adult life, but obviously, as you can tell, I've been out of music for about four and a half years. But that stage of my life was where Jesus opened himself up to me during music during those times. And now he's opened himself up to me through this love of the ministry for Israel. Even, and I was telling before I even came here, um, I was going to uh, a church in Cincinnati. Great church, wonderful church, awesome people, but it, it's just too far. I mean, I, I live here in Middletown, and uh, God, and even there, the thing for Israel started burning in my heart, and God just put a check on and said, this ain't the time, this ain't the place. And I'm thinking, but this is a great church, I don't want to leave it. <laughs> But God led us here, and he said, okay, now's the time. Go uh, sit down and talk to Pastor Ray and see what he thinks about expanding and doing more for Israel. And it just come out that God has shown himself to me. Jesus has made himself alive to me in this special way. And each of you have that, what's working in your life. And with this with the thing with Israel, it's like, and for the, I'll use this analogy one more time, then I'll put it away. <clears throat> a few years ago, our daughter, who's, I think she's 33 now, <laughs> but a couple years ago, she gave me a coffee cup for Christmas. And on this coffee cup was a picture of me holding her the day she was born. And it's one of those things that, you know, just priceless it just tears your heartstrings it touches you so deep and just grabs you with so much love and just means so much and I'm thinking that's what I want to do for my father I want to touch God's heart the way my daughter touched my heart with that gift and for me my motivation for what I do for Israel is no more than that Israel is God's chosen people God's chosen land. I just want to do something with Israel that if it puts a smile on God's face, mission accomplished. So we're going to get into tonight's lesson. You have a handout. If you don't have a handout, raise your hand and brother uh, <laughs> Richard, uh, Pastor James needs one. <laughs> or ne Never mind. I'm closer. I'll get it. <laughs> But um, we're going to be going through these scriptures tonight. What can we do to practically help Israel and support Israel and be a part of what Israel is doing? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, I come to you right now. I ask for your wisdom, your knowledge, your words. So that I speak what the people that you want them to hear. What needs to be said and what needs to be heard. And touch each heart that they hear the truth from your word that they need in their lives for tonight. And let's, let's make a difference. And we just want to put a smile on your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the uh, first scriptures I'm going 
going to go over are not on your list. I don't. <clears throat> I'm going to start in Isaiah chapter 62. So, and I'll start reading uh, verses 1 through 5 here in a second. It's, I don't know. I feel something, something special tonight. Jesus, Jesus loves you. He's here for you. He has exactly what you need. He has what I need too, but it's also individual. It's also personal. Jesus loves you and he's here for you. Still somebody needs to hear that. Isaiah 62, verses 1 through 5. For Zion's sake... Will I not hold my peace? And for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hezabah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. In verse 1 it says, I will not hold my peace. Isaiah is looking over Jerusalem. And he says, I am not going to hold my peace. I am not going to be still. I am going to get involved. I am going to be active. And he says, for Zion's sake, for Jerusalem's sake, that for the people's sake, for the land's sake, For all Israel's sake, he is going to get involved and partner not only with the people, but partner with God and God's plans for Israel. And that's what we've been talking about all along, especially the two weeks when we were were here. We talked about how to biblically pray for Israel. Now, that, that is something we all can do. We all can pray, you know, we all have the same amount of time, and we all, you know, we all have different resources in other ways, but we all can get involved in prayer. In verses 6 and 7, it says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. And give him no rest till he established, until he made Jerusalem a praise in the earth. <clears throat> he says, he will set a watchman over, over thy walls, Jerusalem. And a watchman is somebody who's going to be active to keep guard and give heed and not be silent. Not be silent. What he's saying is, 
these watchmen are, if somebody is going to be attacking Israel, they're blowing the trumpet for warning. If Israel is going to have a celebration, they're going to blurt out the words, we're celebrating something tonight. If there's a need over in this part of the city of Jerusalem, they're looking and letting the word know, we have something that needs done over here. These watchmen are watching out over Jerusalem. They are specially put there by God to watch over the people of God. We, too, are called to be watchmen. We can be watchmen over God's word, over God's people. Hey, Richard. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I gave away too many. <laughs> sorry. We, um, sorry about that. Proper planning prevents poor performance. <laughs> Thank you. How do we become a watchman? What, what do we do to become a watchman? All right, the first one on our list is Psalm 122.6. Everybody is familiar with this one. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. And this praying for the peace of Jerusalem, this is a lot what we went over last week about the different ways that we can pray for Jerusalem. Now, you just don't pray. Okay, Jesus, bring Jerusalem peace and go to, to the next one. Like, now I lay me down to sleep. <clears throat> just some of the things we went over last week. And if you're going to pray, this is going to take some time. It's an investment. We prayed that the land of Israel bear fruit. We've said the, the scriptures, and this is all from Ezekiel 36. We went over where the Jews be multiplied. We went over that God would be sanctified in the Jewish people. We said to pray that the Jews would be regathered into Israel, that they would receive salvation and the land restored in Israel to be a light to the world. All these are praying points for Israel. We can partner with God in our prayers to watch over the peace of Jerusalem in all these ways. Isaiah 40, verses 1 and 2. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Israel, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, and that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. <clears throat> it says, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. We need to be defending Israel with our conversation. There, let me tell you. People who hate Israel and hate the Jewish people, they are not shy with their opinion. They will tell you exactly how bad they think Israel is and why they think every problem in the world should be blamed on the Jewish people. We need to stand up to these people and tell them how wrong they are and tell them what the Bible says about the Jewish people. Blessing. Now, are the Jewish people perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. 
Did God choose the Jews? Yes. Did he choose me? Yes. Now, we need to be telling them God chose the Jews. They're God's chosen people. For everything that they bring up, we have a biblical mandate to defend Israel against them. Now, you say, well, I don't know enough. Well, that's generally one of uh, my callings, and we have uh, some others in here. You know, she, uh, if you ever have a few hours, sit down and talk with Sue Griffey about it. <laughs> She's a big defender of Israel. Our small group on Thursday night, and just a disclaimer, we will not be having small group tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to be attending a Seder, Cedar, boy, Mike would slap me for that one, <laughs> a Cedar in Tri-County. So small group will resume Thursday, May 2nd at 6.30. And, um, but it, if you come out to the small group or talk to anybody in the small group, we are about, and my number one thing is education. Educating people about what's going on in Israel, what the scriptures say about Israel, how to speak up and defend Israel. And you know, if you don't know, you're going to shy away from the conversation. We have the opportunity to know to learn and get involved. And this is, you know, this is something that touches God's heart. And it, I know we all have other ministries and there's a lot going on. But, and one thing I'm finding, our ministries, everybody has their little thing, but they can all work together. You know, and especially Israel's a ministry it can reach into the heritage ministry, it can reach into the music ministry, it can reach into uh, the uh, uh, Oasis ministry. It is something that can go out and be a part of all the different ministries and bring, bring us together. It's not an isolated thing. So we can all work together. And I really think that a lot of <clears throat> the church will be blessed if all ministries come together. All ministries instead of just, you know, and, and I, I get it where you have to devote your time. It is not easy to come out on Tuesday night for the youth, Wednesday night for the uh, church, Thursday night for Hasperanza in Israel, Monday night for, that, that's, I, I get it. You have to bide your time but we can all support the other ministries going on in the church through prayer and even, a, you know, a word or two saying, hey, I like what you're doing. You know, what you're doing is important to the church. We appreciate it. We support you. Isaiah, verse 49, or chapter 49, verses 22, no, verse 22. I marked that point. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Their sons and their daughters. A, teach our children about Israel. <clears throat> it's never too early to start teaching our children the difference between right and wrong because, let me tell you, the people who hate Israel have no problems 
you know, getting with a four or five-year-old and telling them their opinion and why they hate Israel. I, I have seen the look in, um, of uh, hatred about certain people from five and six-year-olds because the influences of adults have uh, been inundated on them. We need to get our children and teach them what the Bible is saying about about Israel and supporting Israel and being proactive with Israel, even if, are they too young? No, the enemy doesn't think so. You know, and here's one thing. Abraham, God said, Abraham's my friend, and God told him, I'm going to share my plans with Abraham because I know he's going to teach his children what I tell him. If we get busy making sure our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whatever the case may be, start understanding more of the Word of God and a little less about SpongeBob SquarePants, which I don't understand that show anyway. But we, you know, the world isn't scared to go after our children. And we need to stand up for our kids at a young age. And we, this next generation come up has got to be ready to take our place. Train your replacements. Train your, and here's the thing, not just teaching your kids, but teaching anybody. Here, here's the thing about teaching about the things of God. If you're willing to share what you know, God will keep pouring into you more. If you want to learn more, share what you've already learned. If it's going to come to the place where you're just a sponge soaking things up and not, not sharing and giving out, that sponge is going to get so full it can't hold anymore, and that's where you're going to stop. But if you just squeeze that sponge and give it out, God will keep filling you back up. God's not just, you know, giving you all this stuff just so you can feel good about yourself and how much you know. He wants this stuff the Word of God to get out to as many people as possible, and especially the children. If we lose this generation, oh, it's scary. It's scary the direction that this country is heading, that, that our world is heading. We have got to stand up now and fight for this next generation, teaching them the things of God and what it says about the relationship, not rituals, with Jesus Christ and the principles that he stands for. Amen. Isaiah chapter 60, uh, verses 10 through 12. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. <clears throat> Therefore thy gates shall be open continually, they shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish, yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. Serving the needs of Israel. We, and this is going to be in the Israel ministry this year, our big focus uh, last year, our big focus was um, uh, 
were part of uh, Christians United for Israel, John Sagi Group, which is a very politically active organization. And that's important. You need to have people in Congress protecting Israel's rights under law. I mean, that, that's but as much as important as it is to be political, it's just as important to be practical. And that's our focus this year in the Israel ministry because our Church of God we've, um, is a very practical organization getting involved, serving the needs of Israel. And the, we're going to be presenting these opportunities and letting you know how to get involved because the Church of God is very big about the, the regathering of the Jews. They go out to places like the Ukraine. They will bring in Jews from the Ukraine at their expense. They will set them up, apartment, food, housing, clothing, school supplies, until they get a job and are able to you know, get established on their own. They'll bring them back to Jerusalem and set them up. And they keep doing this, working on the regathering. A very practical, serving the needs of Jerusalem. And this, I tell you, this, I don't know how much better it gets than that. I tell you, when I found out everything that uh, our Church of God ministry was doing, very proud that I was born and raised in, in the Church of God. It's, um, it's just the heart, and I've called the, called the people and talked to the people in leadership here, and they're just, uh, they just have these visions of things they want to do and more that they want to do and they got all these uh, they just want to help the Jewish people and it's just just amazing and that's what we'll be focusing on uh, this year Isaiah 61 4 through 6 <clears throat> and they shall build the old waste they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities the desolation of many generations and strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers but ye shall be named the priest of the Lord men shall call you ministers of our God ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves we are to support the building programs going on in Israel. This here tells us that the Gentiles are going to be a part of rebuilding what's going on in Israel. And uh, a lot of right now, uh, another group out there called the Jewish National Fund, this group is uh, a group dedicated to that. You give money to them and they're part of the group that plants trees and flowers and send supplies to help the land. And one of the most important things they do is over in the Western Strip, if you hear about all the uh, attacks coming and the, the air raids go off and they have to get to their bomb shelters, they have 45 seconds after an alarm goes off to get to a bomb shelter. The Jewish National Fund is part of the group that helps build those shelters to protect the people of Israel and out there in the Western uh, strip and in Gaza so these are ways you know these groups and we can support Israel it <clears throat> and here here's what I would say about this 
we have all these ideas. Everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. This is what I would like and ask. Everybody, if you would just pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? I don't sign out no pledge cards. No, uh, um, We do have pledge cards for uh, Christians United for Israel. You sign it, you don't have to. You're not at, they don't ask for any money. You just sign saying, I support Israel, basically. But I'm not going to send out pledge cards saying, oh, I'm going I'm to give this much money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do. My thing is, let the Holy Spirit lead you, guide you, and direct you. And you do what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. And you do what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. And you do what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. And it's all going to get done. And it'll get done in the right way, in the right order, at the right time, and everything. Be Let's let the Holy Spirit lead and guide and direct, you know, our movements individually and corporately. There, there's a lot to be done, and trust me, his plans are a lot better than anything I'll ever come up with. Romans 11.18 <clears throat> Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Now this is going on the thing where the branches is Israel, and we've been grafted into the tree. There's a lot going on in Romans 11. The, the basic thing about this is not to speak against Israel. We support Israel. We speak well of Israel. And, you know, it's so easy, it's so easy in today's age, people have lost consciousness. And that means a consciousness about their actions, what they say, how they present themselves. People just say anything that comes to their mind and they don't care who they hurt, who's affected, or anything. It's like, I, you know, where I work, we have a lot of young people. <laughs> so I see a lot of uh, millennials who think they're entitled. And, and that stuck with me for a while, but then um, it ain't just millennials, folks. Go out to Walmart and look around. <laughs> Entitlement comes in every age, sex, race, creed, Everything. I mean, people just think they are entitled to do anything they want and say anything they want and blurt out anything they want. Folks, we need to guard our mouths. We need to watch what comes out of our mouths. We need to watch our actions. We need to protect ourselves by how we act and how we speak as, as Christians on our everyday basis, but especially when it comes to Israel. And I, I tell you what, the moder- most of the media misrepresents what's going over, on over there. They, I mean, Israel, they're not the ones who build tunnels. They're not the ones who use kids and women as human shields in war. 
they're not the ones launching missiles into attack uh, daily and hourly against their enemies. They're defending themselves, but the media would have you believe that Israel is the one instigating all. They're defending themselves. It, you know, it's like, <laughs> seen it too many times. Two guys get in a fight, you know, in, in high school. The one guy hits one guy. Then the teacher turns around and all he sees is the second guy hitting him back. Well, who gets in trouble? The, the guy defending himself. That's basically the analogy that the media is using. But the Israel has the right to defend herself. She has the right to exist. And we have the right to speak up in support of what Israel's doing and not speak against Israel and support Israel. Romans 15, 27. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. This word minister simply is the word servant, and carnal is flesh, fleshly things. So the Gentiles, because of the things we've received from the Jews, we've received the word of God, we've received the Messiah, we've received the light, and all these things that we've been blessed with from Israel, we are mandated to serve the physical, practical needs of the Jews. And you, you don't have to, the whole thing is, you think, Israel, I got to, it doesn't have to be, you can't do everything, but everyone can do something. Everybody can do something, and if everybody just does what they can do, what we talked before the Holy Spirit has directed them to do, it'll be enough, and it'll work, and it'll get the job done. One of the main things that we need to do, and we'll, we're going to keep going on and on Thursday nights, we're going to keep doing this, is educating people about Israel. And if, if you come into the group, uh, and basically this is how the, we start around 6.30, and Mike Devaney calls it login time, where we just talk. We get to know each other. We fill out, oh, well, I heard this on the news about Israel, and talk about that, and, or if somebody has questions about, well, you know, I didn't know this was going on. What, what does this mean? And, you know, we just talk for half hour, 45 minutes, two hours, and then we let, <laughs> they're laughing because they know it's true. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's no agenda. It's like we let the Holy Spirit lead. If we, if we need to talk the whole time and not get into our designated scripture, if the Holy Spirit is leading that way, and there's things that you have questions on and you want to get involved or things you want to come to share, say, you know, I've got something about Israel I'd like to share and teach. And you're welcome. Come on in. That's what it's there for. So we just want to make this, and honestly, it is a fun, lively group. I call it the most fun you'll ever have being serious. And honestly, the... And a lot of times, I walk out because i got to leave and go to work. 
I have no idea what time the rest of the people leave. They're, they're still back in there enjoying each other's company and talking and going over things. And it, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful group and amazing. These people like each other. Have you ever been able to get together with 12 to 15 people who really like each other? That don't happen too often, <laughs> even in church. <laughs> no, it, it's a fun group, and we have a lot of fun, but we're very serious when it comes to the things of Israel. And we support Israel, and we want to teach people the importance of what's going on in Israel and the importance of sharing our resources, whether it's our time praying, if you have a few dollars you can give, you you don't have to give $200. You can give $2. You can give $20. You know, you know what, whatever is on your heart to give, you follow what the Holy Spirit says for you to give. And I appreciate Pastor uh, James giving me these weeks to come and speak to you on Israel. And uh, I hope I've said something that will help someone. And uh, as as all I know to end it is the way Pastor Brian Little greets me every Thursday night. Go Israel! <laughs> we appreciate this. It's hard to hear this and not feel his passion. And uh, I think the Bible is very clear with regards to uh, Israel and and we just need to know what the Bible says and participate in that in a way that would please the heart of God. So lovely. Thank you for that presentation tonight. Could we stand together, please? <clears throat> How many of you know that the Lord has been present with you today? Now you know that either one way or another. You know it by faith or you know it by feeling right? I felt the presence of God today. That has been so marvelous, feeling the presence of God. But there are some days in which I have to fake the presence of God because he said he would never leave me <laughs> nor forsake me. So he's right here. And as we go from this place, let us go with a passion of heart to glorify and to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, Matthew 5 16, I believe it is, says, let your light so shine before men uh, that they may see your good works and glorify the Father. Eternal Fathers, we bow in your presence. We thank you for the life that's been given to us tonight. Thankful for an opportunity to come into your presence with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. As we leave this place, let us be certain and sure that your goodness and mercy shall doggedly pursue us so that we will walk in your ways. We ask God the things that you want in our lives to be the things that we want. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.